Welcome to A Little Anarchy, the show where two cool kids posing as comic book aficionados break down the structures and unstructures of geekdom in films. My name is Ian, I'm co-host number two. My name's John Lampus, I'm co-host number three. And we have quite a show for you this week, my friends. Quite a oh, show. Oh, God. Uh, first, Don't we will do that. Tackle... <laughs> first, we will tackle our topic of the week, patriotism. Then, our reader responses in the feed. And finally, our listeners' favorite segment, because it means we're shutting up quite soon, comically irrelevant. Now, listeners, as you may or may not know, when you're hearing this, it might, hopefully or not, be July 4th, which, as some of us recognize, as the anniversary of the 1776 uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence establishing the United States as a nation. That is often celebrated with bonfires and fireworks and hot dogs and beer and a lot of uh, kids running through the streets lighting firecrackers that are probably dangerous for all the wildlife and all the trees around them and also probably the people driving around the streets. (laughs) Others also recognize it as an opportunity to really understand better their relationship with their country. And we wanted to take that opportunity with you, our dear listener. Uh, isn't that right, John? We wanted to kind of like dig in. It is. Yeah. It is very true. I think the idea of America and patriotism is something that is always under the surface when we talk about comic book films. The idea of the American dream and creating your own reality, stuff like that, I think really runs through. Well, it's not blatant in, unless it's something like Captain America. It is something that every hero in their comic book story and their origin in the movie addresses to at least some degree. So when we were talking about how to handle patriotism, uh, we kind of came at it from a couple angles. Like one, just so y'all know, we are going to talk about American patriotism, not just any country, America. Partially because we're American, partially because comic books are American, and partially because that's all we know. Also, one one of the reasons I want to talk about it is that like, uh, comic books specifically as a form are very specifically tied with war propaganda and with america american like notions of nationalism so i just think that's like pretty interesting pretty wild um so captain america punching hitler in the face so so we'll get into this but um they sometimes they're used for like to rah rah get the get people excited sometimes they're used as protest to like convince people that actually something that's happening shouldn't be happening and sometimes something else entirely. So uh, in terms of the structures and unstructures of geekdom in films, which, uh, you know, is in our mantra that we use consistently and without editing at all. <laughs> what is this, my mantra? It's the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Strange. <laughs> um, in terms of movies, um, I think a great place to start would be Fantastic Four. so captain america obviously as soon as ian was like hey man let's talk patriotism i think for everyone when we talk about patriotism in comics captain america totally comes to mind you know he's he is a big american flag and i think uh what pops to mind for me is and this is something chris evans has said uh, multiple times in interviews is that he sees the captain america trilogy as uh, his kind of ev- as uh, Steve Rogers evolution as an American at the beginning he's kind of like a cog in the system he likes that he's a soldier for the American army he is a leader and he is working within that system in Winter Soldier he kind of um, starts to realize he doesn't like he sees the danger of big government blah 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 and that's his own kind of patriotism the patriotism of the individual versus the patriotism what other people would see as like you know government patriotism and in civil war he's a fugitive from the law and that's something i find i find all that pretty interesting because i think 
uh, I mean, I think out of all the superhero movies in the modern era, it uh, it addresses the idea of what it means to be an American, what it means to like fight for your country, uh, the most in depth. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, and like we should also preface that like neither of us are political scientists. Like we don't like you're I, not. Uh, well, I I was a minor of U.S. policy, so uh, well, I might be able to have some little insight here. Oh there, God, who knows? Oh please, not that voice. So. In terms of that arc, I totally am with you. The especially with that first movie with Captain America, um, First Avenger, First Avenger, whatever the first one was called, um, they <laughs> were super blatant about like throwing it into the time period of World War II, really, yeah, it, like setting it in that era of that and of the same era that the comic books were at at that point, which was rah rah America. Like here's mm-hmm. this guy, go get and like everyone should do their part, and this is like also big and like this is how they recruited a lot of women for to work in like factories and doing quote unquote men's jobs while the men Mm -hmm. were at war like this is the same narrative that they used and so i really appreciate what they did in terms of the arc of like where they took that after first avenger with winter soldier and like challenging him yeah you know the whole thing is that when cap wakes up he feels disoriented he feels like he doesn't belong in this world he doesn't fit in what uh america is now where i don't think he was like you know totally on board with every single thing that america did and World War II, I, talking about Wonder Woman a few weeks ago with Meredith, talking about there's very little ambiguity in World War II in regards to how it's generally presented in film. It's like the Nazis are the bad guys, we are the good guys. Whereas with uh, World War One and in Wonder Woman, we see the, that kind of ambiguity. Uh, Steve Trevor's character, am I good or am I bad? But setting Captain America kind of as his foundation of I'm the good guy, I'm on the good side. To me, I think I see that kind of as a parallel to I see that as a parallel to Wonder Woman in her time on Themyscira. She has her identity really kind of pretty, maybe even naively, but pretty uh, strongly set. And then she goes out into ambiguity in the second act of the movie. And this, for me, with um, uh, First Avenger going into the Winter Soldier, we see a huge change in setting just like that. And we see this different kind of world where, you know, technology is a thing, as uh, Cap says at the beginning, internet. So useful, so great, which, I mean, that's just a good line. And I think it was a really, it was a great way to challenge his foundations of what it means to be an American and whether that means the freedom to go against what other people see as being American. Whereas in in First Avenger, it was about fighting for a cause. And in Winter Soldier, it was about fighting for something he saw as right that maybe not everyone else saw. And it made it much more ambiguous. And I loved that. And to me, that was like a really... It was a way to explore multiple facets of what it means to be an American citizen uh, without making it seem like there is this big shift. Oh, well, he was like this in the first movie. Oh, but he's like this in the second movie. Why is he like this in the third movie? It all made sense based on the character that they set up. And it was really cool to use that to explore the idea of, well, I'm a superhero. What does that mean as an American? And how do I react to these structures and these systems in place? So you're bringing up a couple of really great points, which is like one, suddenly... The, a character is exploring not not only like what should America do, it's like actually what does it mean to be an American or to be America at all, and then yeah, so, so that's one. Two that at least with Winter Soldier, um, that they in films this is pretty different that they were overtly referencing and being in conversation with IRL politics, aka like nine yeah. eleven surveillance, these kinds of questions that something like The Dark Knight fundamentally dealt with in really great ways in theme but never talked about um whereas winter soldier it was a plot point 
so in terms of, so those two questions of like first of all like suddenly what does it mean to be an American or to be America and then two that a film is dealing with real world politics is really really uh, I, I mean it can't be un- overstated in my mind that there is suddenly a different kind of thesis there's yeah. an argument that they're making and so like one that makes it just much more interesting as a character and also as yeah. a film um, but also um, it's it represents a different trend in, in American public or popular culture yeah. where suddenly that thing is like actually it's okay to question things which at least in the like world war ii era of comic books that level of questioning was in yeah a lot like was never in mainstream um it was mm-hmm. a lot of like you know rebellious like small press um kind of things and that's that and in a way what's happening now is almost like a form of protest where they're saying mm-hmm. let's actually question what's going on and let's have captain america deal with these questions too yeah um, and actually question the system and in fact go against the system which is pretty mm-hmm. wild and ultimately he comes to the conclusion that like he as an in order to be an american he must act against the government which is like really wild yeah and for me i keep coming back to wonder woman with this idea of her kind of um messing with the system is she comes in again as an outsider and she sees that there are these things wrong with like you know how women are treated or you know she makes comments about slavery or you know secretaries and how women can't do this you're the wrong color blah 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 and it's really cool because she is taking the essence of what we thought america was or what we thought what everyone thinks they're pursuing we're pursuing equality we're pursuing justice and all this stuff and she's saying no you're not doing this you are oppressing these people by doing this blah 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 it's just taking an it's taking a kind of idealistic naive lens and you know, putting it in and expressing that through her actions that go against the system. Captain America, he goes against the system. Government's great, right? They're the ones who help us win the wars and they help the poor people and whatnot. And in both movies, they're following the ideals that these things are supposed to be based on rather than the systems themselves. Totally great point that it's it's a, like a difference of like ideology versus yeah. actual dedication. I would actually say that uh, Wonder Woman, the film is doing the opposite uh, okay. or the opposite work, not in terms of ideology, but the Wonder Woman, the character, is intrinsically American and came up in that, like, like really bred from the same cloth of patriotism. But Cut from the, the same cloth? <laughs> she right. was bred from... She was made but, out of clay, so... <laughs> oh, nice. Fair. And the movie itself, like, first of all, she's not American in the movie. Um, second mm-hmm. of all, um, kind of like the iffy, murky middle ground are the Americans, and she's challenging them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're totally right. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That, that she is challenging the, those things in a good way, but the difference is those are not connected to Americanness or American identity. Yeah, in fact, that's a good point. Some of it, she, I think, she argues in the movie to some extent that Americans are part of the problem. That like war, that the war and violence and and that kind of like suppression is intrinsic to engaging with the war. And she's saying stop, just like don't do it. So anyway, so in terms of what you're saying with uh, with Wonder Woman, I totally take your point, and I would say that it's kind of separate than patriotism, and yeah, uh, kind of works against that idea. But but also historically, totally makes sense, and that you know that could be part of the marketing scheme just to like make money abroad uh, to like take her out of yeah. her American context in a way. Yeah, how I guess I saw it is I think, and they didn't make this super clear in the movie. I don't think they needed to because that would have just added another maybe another like kind of not layer of depth, but just another thing they had to clarify expositionally or character-wise that just it functioned fine without like the whole point i think is that the americans think they're doing they're doing the right thing they're pursuing peace and justice and stuff but they're doing it through these you know kind of darker ways that or in a way that forces them to confront darkness or embrace it in a sense and they don't have a thing like that in the movie when they're in the general's office they're not like we are doing this for peace and justice and whatnot so i think 
I just assumed going into it, because you know how it's been presented in history books and to us, is that, yeah, we were doing this for the right reasons. And it could have been cool for Wonder Woman to be like, no, you might be doing this for the right reasons, but let me take my kind of naive, childlike, um, idealistic approach and hold up a mirror to your actions and mm-hmm. say, is this right? So um, that wasn't a plot, really a plot point or an idea addressed in the movie, and I think it worked fine, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's similar to what Cap is doing in Winter Soldier. And in my opinion, I think Civil War is just kind of an extension or completion of the turn in the journey that Cap takes in Winter Soldier. He's a fugitive for a little bit, challenges the system, the system wins out or whatever, and then that same kind of thing happens in Civil War, but it doesn't work out. And he's now a fugitive, and he is, but he is pursuing, again, American ideals through means completely outside the system, Iron Man re- representing the system, et cetera, et cetera, in a way that I felt made a lot of sense for me as seeing Cap go through that turn in Winter Soldier. Well, and again, not to keep beating this dead horse, but part of the argument of Civil War is that there's no such thing as American ideals. That like, yeah. that Cap's quote unquote realization is that in order to be a true, truer American in his eyes, that means like one, pursuing the truth wherever, wherever that takes him. And two, believing in individual, like in self-determination. And that that is separate than working in the system of the United States government. Mm. And that, first of all, is a great example of like the ideology of World War II versus juxtaposing that with now. Like, and that just did it very, very nicely. Yeah. And I take your point also about civil war. Um, but I just like with the asterisk of that part of the argument is that it's all kind of at odds with itself. Yeah, which is why I think it's pretty compelling, frankly. Totally. I think it's great that we see uh, Captain America go, like we already said, goes from being a cog to being in the system to being a fugitive, whereas Iron Man goes from being like the loose cannon cop who doesn't play by the rules, fairly odd parents reference if anyone gets it, uh, to being, you know, like the government dog in a sense. It was a really cool juxtaposition of those two arcs, those two kind of almost switching side. I don't know if they'll necessarily be explored in Infinity War or not, or whatnot, probably not, but I felt raised some interesting uh, patriotic ideas in Civil War. So obviously I think next to Captain America, the like biggest idea of American superhero, or even more so, is Superman. So Ian, what are your thoughts on uh, good, good old, old soups? Because in my opinion, uh, in my opinion, he doesn't really seem like an all-American hero in the Zack Snyder movies mm-hmm. right now. It's very, uh, you know, they talk about him saving like someone in Africa and the geopolitical ramifications, which no one cares about, that are just not interesting to listen to. But What's, what do you think about Soups right now? How can he, um, what's his totally. deal? I mean, you're totally right that, you know, first of all, it's hard to talk about a character without talking about all the different iterations that they've gone through throughout the last, like, you know, seven yeah. years. So um, I totally agree. Like, uh, especially in the films right now, Superman is like, if not explicitly American, he's like, they tried to ground him in an American ideology when, like, you know, he was raised in Kansas and like, you know, keeping, yeah. uh, keeping, that kind of down home farm boy nature. But I agree that like mm-hmm. the sense of um, resentment is, is not typically associated with American, uh, American patriotism currently. Um, also just the mm-hmm. brooding tone is if not uh, connected to America, it at least has a different, has a different perspective on America than Superman's original creation, which was yeah. very, first of all, it, w- it wasn't necessarily American in the very first comic, but that was all about, the the pinnacle of the different traits that were associated with you know masculinity and power yeah and those were also both americans destroying a car in his first appearance and and it's also worth bringing up that the two guys who started who came up with superman were jewish immigrants and they had just come to america Mm -hmm. and they were like man like 
Like, wouldn't it be pretty cool to, like, not be picked on? And they're like, yeah, man, like, I wish I had super strength. Like, yeah, well, there, there's a good idea. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I am not an expert on this. But also, in a way, that's, like, a better reflection on, like, what their imagination of, of America is. Because they were new and came at it yeah. with, a, like, a, with that sense of, of wonder. And also, at the time, it was literally a, just, like, a newer country. But that, in, yeah. that, that imbued the character with a sense of, like, wide-eyed glory um, that, like, to this day yeah. pretty much lives except in Zack Snyder's version, because whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I am totally with you. Like, throughout its, you know, Smallville, we're talking, like, Superman Returns, we're talking, like, Christopher Reeves, like, all these different interpretations are very, like, godlike figures who are coming to save us, and that is mm-hmm. what America was for so long, right? Like, in terms of, like, wars, like, you know, we would we were the savior. We were the, like, the global hegemonic power. Yeah. We would, like, go in and, you know provide aid and suddenly things would be fine or whatever until other examples in popular culture that it kind of like that interpretation ended after superman returns in my mind yeah in terms especially in terms of the films mm-hmm. i think I, you know the comics you know there's the new 52 superman he's like dies comes back from the dead you know all that i don't try and keep track of that but i think um the speaking of man of steel for a bit we won't dive too deep into this but for me it was very much um it seemed like Zack snyder wanted to take him on a journey to get from like this brooding dude and then someone who was like accepted by the country and accepted by everyone. And he uh, became part of, he came, would become a symbol kind of like Batman begins, except they just decide instead to double down on him being rejected in Batman v Superman, which really kind of, in my opinion, like threw off the whole point of Mm -hmm. man of steel. Uh, In terms of man of steel, which is a very like complicated characterization of Superman and like whatever, um, there was there was that moment where they tried to make him that kind of Batman like connect connection yeah. of figure or figure or hero uh, where um, Jor El said and I'm gonna read the oh, quote yeah. here. The people of Earth are different from us. It's true, but ultimately I believe that it is a good thing. They won't necessarily make the same mistakes we did, but if you guide them, Cal, if you give them hope, that's what this symbol means. The symbol of the House of El means hope. Embodied within this hope is the fundamental belief, the potential of every person to be a force for good. That's what you can bring them. John, what are your thoughts on that quote? I love that. And for me that I remember those first two trailers for Man of Steel, where it's just Jonathan Kent and Jor-El both talking. The other quote from Jor-El, they will stumble behind you, they will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. And for me, Superman, as opposed to someone like Iron Man or Thor, is not about, as they've been depicted in the movies, is not about, you know, doing these really cool feats. I mean, he can do those, but it's in what it does is make people want to be their best selves, uh, which I think is really great. And I think that is actually a pretty poignant idea for Zack Snyder. He obviously thought, no, he's just got to, you know, even though he played with those ideas and he had those quotes, he really didn't pursue that in the meat of the story in Superman's arc. But... um, I think the idea of Superman being a symbol for hope and like, hey, I'm going to do all these things. uh, It's a really interesting idea because we can't do all those things. If Superman came and, you know, he saves the airplane and uh, Superman returns, saves Lois Lane, and that's supposed to inspire us to be our best selves. We can't do that. We can't, you know, go and save. We can't fly up there and save a plane, but you still want to or you're still inspired by that idea. I think that's a really cool kind of battle and an interesting thing for someone to kind of come to terms with. I'm a human. And I'm still supposed to be inspired by Superman, whereas someone like Lex, is is Superman inspiring me? No, I'm mad that I'm not Superman. I'm mad that I don't have these powers and I should prove you wrong because you do have these powers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think those are really cool themes that really get into the idea of power and our natural human response to a 
a lack of power and still um, choosing to act. And I just think that's a really cool idea. I'd love to see another Superman story or Superman story from the, pers- the perspective of someone on the ground and f- him have him already as this fully formed symbol for hope and someone kind of grappling with that. How can I be inspired by someone? I, you know, people are inspired by Barack Obama or, you know, people who are like them, who do the same things, who can do the same things and say, look, I could do that. I could be that one day. We can't do that with Superman. So how is he a symbol for hope? And how are people supposed to reconcile that? And how are we supposed to, how does that intertwine with the idea of, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, be the best person, make your own destiny? Because it's pretty easy for him to make his own destiny because he can blow us all up and he can do whatever he wants. I totally take your point. And like, this is one of the ideas of heroism, right? Like in every society, there's always like someone to look up to. That's why myths exist. That's why, you know, when dictators go into power, they deify themselves in a certain kind of way. And that's also why when people run for president of the United States, they also have like put themselves on a pedestal. And that's just because it's effective. Um, And because in a way you have to do that. Um, But I think, and I think what you're hitting on is also really key that the difference of Superman is that he is implying a sense of self-determination in like, you can do it, which is different than in some parts of the world where, first of all, you might not be able to do it. And second of all, Mm -hmm. no one's going to even like, that's not even a part of the conversation in terms of you can do it because it it doesn't, it's not about you. It's about the society. And so I totally hear what you're saying. And I love it in terms of that sense of, of making your own of making your own destiny, creating your own future. And also like what you're saying, having the power to do that. Um, because yeah, that, and that's a very American idea. Yeah, one hero that I really like to talk about that I think uh, you know we talked about Captain America, we've talked about Superman and the issues that um, can create and how we reconcile that. But a character that I think is uh, in kind of a different realm than Superman. The reason I really like Iron Man and how he was presented in John Favreau's uh, MCU uh, 2008 film is that he creates his own power. Superman has his own power, but Iron Man decides through my genius and through my hard work i'm going to create uh my ability to save people to do the right thing which to me that's like if i was just a random dude that would seem more inspiring to me if iron man and superman existed in the same universe i'd be probably more inspired by the regular dude who was able to you know he didn't have his powers already but he made he recognized that he wasn't strong enough and he made himself strong enough to be inspiring and to act yeah yes Absolutely. And remember that, first of all, like the reason that he made him, at least in this interpretation in Iron Man, the movie, he made himself because of a terrorist organization, which is Mm -hmm. like very political in its nature. But ignoring that and like how that was kind of created for this movie. Mm -hmm. Also remember that like the only reason he could do this is because he has access to unfathomable wealth. and Also ridiculous knowledge and experience. And so. And again, this is same thing with Superman. He may not have powers, but he has different kinds of access to power. Yeah, power than a normal person, and that's you know that's fine. That's how. Same that's with how Batman. Kind of story same tell. with Batman. You know, with getting he has all this wealth. Okay, is it really that inspiring? Of hey, I've always you know there's that meme that always it can goes still around. be inspiring. It can I still be inspiring, inspiring, but I'm thinking in terms of like kind of going with the Superman model, inspiring others. Um, you know, I think of kind of Batman at the beginning where. Uh, He's a symbol, and then there are the, uh, the beginning of the Dark Knight, where those other people trying to help, and he like knocks them out. I'm not your. Uh, what's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pads, but at the same time, there's this idea of Batman could be anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of the individual in the system, where could Batman be anybody? No, it could be like six people, and which one's the one that's buff and always has like an excuse and has the monetary resources, like you said, to make something like this happen. I see the meme all the time where it's like. There are like this many billionaires in the world and not one of them has decided to become Batman. And so 
a character that for me I find really really cool in this regard comparing to Batman to Superman to Iron Man so just to clarify Superman's already super strong you know he already has his powers Batman and Iron Man both have um, their wealth and their status gives them the power to make their own power uh, the character to me that I personally find kind of most inspiring is a character like uh, Miss Marvel who is a Muslim American girl she's 16 years old she gets her powers just through you know a freak accident so you know okay, that's just how that goes standard superhero origin but in my mind she has a lot more going against her she doesn't have unfathomable wealth she has these powers she doesn't know how to work she like figures it out in her head she's like well if I do this then maybe this will work and it's this struggle for her to kind of rise up and start to learn her powers with no guide with no wealth she keeps it hidden from like everybody uh and i think it's so cool when it's a character who doesn't who isn't already set up to succeed in like every way by being a cis het uh caucasian man like able-bodied man i think that's so cool and that to me is more inspiring because she has a lot more going against her her parents like don't want her to go out at night she has a much more internal conflict between her between her faith as a muslim and her citizenship as a an American and those things come in conflict. She dislikes, she likes and dislikes both aspects of those in certain ways. And I think that's pretty inspiring because it's not like she has the resources. Oh, I can just buy this or whatever, or I can just buy a super cool costume or make my power. She has a little bit of power and she has to take it. She has to like nurse this thing and get stronger through her, all through her own volition. Totally. And that, and that's a story that we have heard in some different kind of forms. Like I'm thinking specifically like, I used to love Static Shock, like that show. Oh yeah, bomb. dude! And like the pinnacle Man. for me of awesome cartoon, but so which is different than the kind of films that we talk. We're talking. He's about. got stuff going but against him in yeah. terms of like, just like a dude who and and this is also the same kind of idea of Spider Man, although it's a little different. I was just gonna say, yep. Where where it's just like a kid in high school who just got these powers, and now like, what do you do with it? And that's the with great power comes great responsibility. And so this is a thread that is that continues, and I think you're hitting on the great point, which is like that Marvel did a good thing in actually trying to ex- expand that definition of heroism beyond the, and the struggle to reach heroism. Yes. And giving that to a new character who hasn't had a voice yet. And also, mm-hmm. and giving people a, mo- a model of what that can be for them. And what's more American than that, than yeah. allowing people to become, to see themselves in what's happening uh, above them that yep. is the kind of that sense of wonder and of confidence that a lot of people are not given especially in, the, in this world uh, or in this country but um that is a very american thing that that can happen and that hopefully should happen more of yeah should happen absolutely more. i totally agree i'm really excited to see other heroes kind of break this mold and we can expand our idea now in this age where people are more culturally aware and uh, where white people, let's be honest, where white people are Mm -hmm. more culturally aware and trying to get things, you know, frankly better, not always in the best way and not always cleanly, but trying to bring, invite those uh, other people into this space to tell those stories uh, in an authentic way. And I think that's super great because that can expand the idea of what it means to be an American hero. And to me, an American hero is actually the whole idea of Batman could be anybody. No, Batman couldn't be anybody. Batman could be a rich, straight, white, cisgender um, male. Like, that's who Batman could be. Um, but someone like Miss Marvel, or even and like Spider-Man, My- like Miles Morales, that could be anybody. That's what I think. And I think, personally, I find that incredibly, incredibly inspiring. Well, John, I think that about wraps it up for my talk of America. How about you? 
Yep, I'm all done, dude. So why don't we move on to the feed? The feed. All right, I got uh, I got here some questions some from questions. our good old friend Loring. So uh, this was in Loring, response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in response to our episode on whitewashing, which we did with our good friend Paige Maney. And here we go. This is what Loring said for the feed. Really bad episode, guys. You suck. I don't <laughs> like you. Uh, one thing that's interesting to note is that in making him a pawn for a bigger villain, what little agency Ben Kingsley's Mandarin did have was sapped away. This is in referring. This is referring to uh, Iron Man three, of course. You already have agency taken away in a meta sense, whitewashing. You also have disempowerment in the story itself. So if we consider Ben Kingsley's character to be a person of color, the character is still disempowered. Uh, totally. Totally makes sense. I I buy that one hundred percent, Loring. I think uh, the whole idea of yeah, from a like if this story existed in a vacuum, I think the idea of making the Mandarin like not actually the Mandarin is a real cool, clever twist. But it resulted in a character that of color, a villain of color, a really cool one, uh, not really getting his due on the big screen and giving taking away another opportunity for a person of color to have a really powerful badass role. Ian, what are your thoughts? Well, it sounds like Loring is taking it a step further and saying that, like, kind of doesn't matter what the twist was. Like, the the fact is, of the matter is that the power was taken away from him yeah. as a character. So, like, yeah. Well, I have my own contribution for the feed, and I would just say that the last episode, Wonder Woman, uh, the Wonder Woman, the episode, the Wonder Woman. Thank the, you very much. The Wonder Woman episode of the ALA podcast was um quite awful. Uh, there was no. <laughs> Uh, guy on there who talked in big words and I didn't like that. So yeah. Um, but besides that, uh, it was a great episode. And I needed really needed some more it. talking over women. Is that is that? I mean, I'm that... just I'm not I'm just saying that talking over people is a really great thing, and I'm just saying yeah. that we should do it more. I was waiting for and you anyway, to talk so, so I could I... talk. Oh, dang it! Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> we were both waiting. That was a little cute. Okay, and then I think it's time to move on to a little name of the fucking podcast you got it and everyone time for our listeners favorite segment because it means we're shutting up soon comically irrelevant ian what is making you irrelevant this week oh boy uh well well, i've been gone for a minute y'all so i'm sorry if i have multiple things but i would just kind of point out a couple different uh pop culture things that have been getting me through the day one not to be a downer but it's a podcast entitled 74 seconds from minnesota public radio all about the um the trial of philando castile and the um, and race uh, relations in the Twin Cities these days. It's just like a really well-done investigative journalism podcast, and it's really um, heartbreaking. Uh, anyway, so I encourage you to listen to that. Um, on the music end, I would list- I'd recommend uh, Lord's new record, Melodrama, uh, which is across the board fantastic, and uh, separately, a great indie rock kind of emo rock band called pine grove and their song old friends and it is just making me have all the feels it's a great great tune um i encourage you to check it out they did a tiny desk that's pretty lovely um and then other than that i would just bring back the message from across the world since this is my first episode back i'd bring the message that where were you again ian could you remind us elsewhere Ooh, did you go to the other like uh I don't know. There's a bunch of alternate worlds. Like you go to Earth Two in like Flash and true. Supergirl. It's you could true. go to. I, in, did you in, depart in fact, like I was in the leftovers? Years, but since I was with the Flash, he ran around the, the oh, world a few times yeah. and like made it all reverse. Um, That's no, Superman. Was, you uh, oh, dipstick. Oh, damn. God damn. 
in any case, no, no, no. I was in Lithuania, uh, Poland, and Belarus, which were very interesting. Feel free to reach out nice. if you want to hear about Russian politics and stuff. I and don't. World War II politics um, that I learned a lot about. But more importantly, I would just bring back the good word that Poland is where it's at. Warsaw is a cool city, great place to visit, lovely people, great art scene, super, super, super interesting history, very good food, just a great spot. So if you're trying to travel in Eastern Europe on the cheap, Poland, Poland, my man. Sweet. John, what's making you irrelevant this week? What's making me irrelevant this week is while I was hoping to recommend Baby Driver, Edgar Wright's new film, I actually did not like it that much. I'd be happy to talk with anyone who would like to discuss it. Love the first part of the film. Then it starts to drag, and then I i actually was really not a big fan. But what redeemed my movie senses this week, what made me feel empowered and happy, was Everybody Wants Some by Richard Linklater. Watched that last night, thought it was hilarious. It is definitely the spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. It's set in the 80s, baseball team in college, and it is... Uh, I heard a review that said it would had a sweetly meandering plot, and I could not agree more. So that is what is making me irrelevant this week. It is funny, it is occasionally poignant, and just an overall great entertaining watch. And as I recall, it has an exclamation point at the end of the name? It is two exclamation oh, points. Everybody wants some two exclamation points. Well, hot dang, sir. Well, hot dang, sir, indeed. Uh, well, John... That is our show. If you want to reach us on Twitter, I'm at ENN Fox. I'm at John Lampus. And, or you could just email us at alapodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at alapodcast. We are indeed a very proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. You can check us out and the whole Bat family at the batmanpodcastnetwork.com. Uh, our show this week was produced by Ian Fox and John Lampus. It was mixed by John Lampus and Ian Fox. It was directed by John Fox and, jo- and Lampus Ian. It was written by Ian Fox and John Lampus. Our online support came from Ian Fox and John Lampus. Our research assistants are John Lampus and Ian Fox. Catering by Meredith Loring, Ryan, Page, and Ken. And our logo was designed by the one and only Kyle Dibdahl. Find his work at thehance.net slash D-Y-B-D-A-L-K. Plus, our theme music is brought to you by our good friend, dear, dear friend, sweet Patrick Monahan. As always, subscribe to A Little Anarchy on SoundCloud and iTunes, where we welcome you to rate us well, rate us often, and make sure to tell your friends. And in fact, I haven't read our reviews in a while, so John, let's ha- let's see if we got any, uh, any good ones up there. Let's check it out. Uh, and listeners, write, write a good one before we check it out. Uh, <laughs> in any case, thank you for listening. We will see you next time on... A little anarchy. anarchy.